Welcome to the mortgage game. I truly, truly believe that building a mortgage business, a successful one, is like playing a game. There's winners, there's losers, there's certain things you try. Some of us are playing checkers while others are playing chess. I've had the ability to coach and mentor hundreds of mortgage brokers. I myself built a very nice business. So now I want to distill all that information, all the things I've learned from that, and bring it directly to you in a simple to understand way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's get into it, kids. So this is the first step. So this is the Mortgage Game Podcast. And this is actually the first time I've ever done uh, an interview on camera. I've only ever interviewed one other person. It was the most influential person in my life, which was my wife, uh, Jen, Jenny Mack. And so now we've brought on two people that are very influential in the business and uh, I hold close to my heart. And I just wanted to say hello, Denise. Hello, Nicolie. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having us. <laughs> you got it. So there's only so many people that when I think of BFS, business for self, when I think of that niche area, and I think of the expertise involved and all the moving parts there, there's only a couple of people that I actually can say are true experts at this. And so that's why we wanted to have you on today, because you do have a course coming out, which we're going to talk about after, but I wanted to give people the backstory a little bit up front. Denise and Nicolie, can you maybe chat about how your relationship came together and how long you've been in the game for? Okay, so uh, we started in the mortgage industry at the same time. I would say we were both fairly unemployable people. <laughs> we had, um, you know, other previous careers in, um, I, I was in healthcare, Nicolie. Yeah. I was in PR and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, we'd had our children and we were ready to go back to the workforce and no, um, no employee job aligned with being able to pick up our kids and drop them off and have the type of balance that we were looking to have. Um, so my mortgage broker had suggested I take the course and I didn't really want to do it alone. And I, I think we were at a party and I was like, Hey, Nick, yeah. you want a new job? And you're like, that sounds fun. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we took the course together or we took it at different times, but we worked together. So we would work on like the same deals, like with the mm -hmm. idea that we could support each other if we needed time off, but also that um, we could learn faster because yeah. we could touch more deals and learn together and share what we learned so that, uh, you know, we could divide and conquer what we're learning. Mm -hmm. I, I love that it started at a party the idea of where we're at today like everything starts at a party <laughs> right well, like just an ad hoc random conversation yeah and you know oh, you, you do like at parties you often recognize your kindred spirits there as well and you know we were talking about different things and you get to talk about things and we were both having like completely different industries from each other and from mortgages but having the same kind of feelings um about re-entering the workforce and that unemployability um that we wanted some kind of balance, kind of something to do that was, you know, making a difference, but could use the skills we had from our past careers, but not those careers. So it was an interesting talk and it's led to some pretty spectacular places here. Well, so did like you when I think about other? the balance, yeah, yeah, so we were friends. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the balance, like I had a degree in economics and I liked doing math and Nicolie is the queen of public speaking and I hate public speaking. So I was like, if you do the part where you do the talking and I'll do all the math, we'll be the best team ever. Yeah. yeah. But we both yeah. got better at like, and it's funny because we have both developed our skills so that we're kind of, I don't think I'm better at public speaking than Denise is now, nor is she better at math than I am now. I think we just brought each other up to the same level, which was, it's really cool with development. 
Okay, I have a question, then we'll get into the BFS stuff. But sure. you said that you felt that you were unemployable. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe reference why? Uh, so you can read a book on Amazon about why I was unemployable, but essentially I, I was in healthcare, I was working 80 hours a week. It was ridiculous applying for all kinds of jobs that I was overqualified to mm -hmm. um, be eligible for. But because I was a new mom, it was like, you'd always be looked at as if um, you weren't going to be there for long. Um, so then when I decided to like prioritize spending some time with my kids, like it, there was just no, uh, job out there. Like I was willing to work 80 hours a week, but I needed to work during school time and maybe after the kids are in bed and I, there's nothing out there that you can pick your own hours. Yeah. And, and for me, it was really similar. Like I was working in PR, like public relations and doing a lot of events and, speaking and media relations and those kind of things they're like I was still young at the time still young now to be honest but it was something having small kids that I was putting my like I was leaving before my kids got up in the morning and getting home before like after they'd gone to bed so I was really missing that and as someone who's really driven and like Denise was willing to work the hours it just wasn't the hours available that so that I could also see my children and as, as a dad, you know, you don't get that time back. Um, so we were kind of this, this situation where we were applying for jobs and each of us were applying for hundreds of jobs that we were super qualified for. And either it was like we weren't meeting with the people or if we did, it wasn't a good fit or it wasn't a good feeling. Um, and, you know, we just kind of recognized that maybe we could do better and we could make something better for us. And then, you know, in our plan, because Denise and I don't ever plan small, like our plan was that we could then create something that was for other people as well. So like, and that's kind of where we've moved with having people who work with us who also were in a similar situation. So it's kind of pretty cool. And being unemployable is not a, not a bad thing. <laughs> no, yeah, it just means maybe like you're that. supposed to be self-employed. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been, uh, how long have you been in the mortgage game for? Seven years. Seven years? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So seven years. Let's get into some BFS stuff, business for self stuff. So I'm going to tell you my perspective and I want you to tell me why it's different in, in your words, because when I was a broker, I broke it for 13 years. I was an A guy. I only did A. I outsourced the B and took a cut 25%. Here you go. Don't want to do it. Don't want to learn it. Now we're in a very interesting environment where there's a lot more B business. I'm still under the mindset that if A is what I want to do, I don't want to have to learn to go do the B now because that seems to be where a lot of people are falling. I'm just going to go find a bigger ocean of A people. And so that could still be the right answer, but I know you have a different perspective on that. Uh, where people should be upping their game on the B side now and for specific reasons. So maybe if you can touch on that, um, well, and, and I don't think that you're unusual that way, Ryan, a lot of people who have been in the industry for a long time, that is their comfort level. But unfortunately, right now in the market, it's not comfortable. Like there, there is, it, all deals are harder than they've ever been right now. So while like we have niche business for self, um, and that, that is where we are really comfortable the skills that you learn working on these harder deals, working on um, more docs, more like different programs that have specific guidelines versus just that really straightforward A, 
you're just able to do more. Like the, the, the options that you can see for your clients are just so much, uh, there's such more depth. Um, and, you know, at, like the easy A deals, like those easy A deals you did when you were brokering, they're not necessarily still easy A deals. So even from the perspective of like just looking at your current client list, you may not be in a position to be able to service those people like that you'd been able to help previously without knowing how to do the harder things. And, you know, I like I can understand the business model of referring out B deals. Like, absolutely. It works for a lot of people. There's some really giant brokers that that's what they do. But in terms of the, the relationships that you're building with your clients, to be able to continue to build those relationships over the life of their financing needs, it's really important that you know how to do things when things get hard. And like, again, everything is hard right now. So, you know, like knowing how to do a B deal, knowing how to use special programs and things like that, I don't think it's an option anymore. I think it's you need to know these things to really succeed in this business, unless you are the huge giant brokers who are already established. Anyone who's been in the industry for a shorter amount of time or is entering the industry, like you need to know how to do this so that you can say yes more and can qualify these people and know the options. Because unfortunately, we see people who are really comfortable in A and it's A or private. And, and that's a disservice to our industry. And like, it's kind of one of the reasons that we, we wanted to niche in this area is seeing those deals come across our desk where people were needlessly in a situation that was very expensive um, when there were really great options. And it's like, oftentimes B sounds like a dirty word and it's not. Like the, the options for our lenders that have B programs are so spectacular for our clients to be in a position where they didn't think they were going to be able to be like they've been turned away at the branch like the branch is doing a business and if they're turned away there and then come to you as a broker you should be able to have that full suite like on our disclosures we say we work with like 58 130 lenders but when if you're only doing business with four of them like that's a pretty big disservice to your clients Right. Yeah. Like for me, I just thought that when we originally took the approach that we were going to help our clients for life, we meant it. Mm -hmm. um, and even your clean A clients, if they want to get more rental properties, if they want to get more money out for something, at some point they may have to go to B program, go to a special uh, program, go to a credit union. So it allowed us the opportunity to be able to help everyone. Um, I mean, we ended up in BFS by accident because uh, we worked at a mortgage firm that uh, was in-house at, at a real estate firm. So we couldn't really advertise to realtors. I can't say, hey, Mr. Realtor, do you want me to help you? But I have a competing real estate firm logo on all of my stuff. Hope that's okay. It's not, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was where we originally sought out, like who could we help that we feel is underserved? And it led us to self-employed. It led us to meeting with accountants and financial planners and bank reps about who they couldn't help. Um, and what we found was it was a lot less work for uh, the leads, right? There's a lot less competition in the B space. And not all our clients go B. Like last year, 55% uh, of our clients were self-employed, but 76% of our business was A. Right. It's not always about me. It's about knowing how to position these clients, because if you can understand the financials of a self-employed person, mm -hmm. you can understand the financials about any business, but also any complicated person. 
And then you know how to position them for lenders to be able to offset the risk to lend to these clients. I love what you said about client for life. You yeah. are correct, because that is stuff that we do say. And then if you all of a sudden now, hey, Ryan, I thought you were my guy, and now I'm coming back and times have gotten tough. And then I'm like, hey, I'm pushing you over here to this guy or this girl. It's like, so you're not my guy anymore. And exactly. you're saying, so for me, the big hesitancy in doing that when I was in my career was, I honestly just didn't know where to go learn. I didn't know how to go figure out where to do the B, where to package it, what the 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 moving target of guidelines were with the lenders. There was nothing out there that taught you that. It was, hey, you got to go talk to the BDMs, which that's a lot of work and they don't necessarily help. You know, the, that, that's hit or miss. Send it in, send it in. Send yeah. it in, send it in. <laughs> send we'll in. take we'll a look at it. it. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay. And you're trying to prep the client because there's different timelines on like you're getting quoted after the, they see it versus upfront. We kind of know what we're going to get. So it's hard to set the client's expectations on that timeline thing. There was no one out there teaching all that. And the people that had the playbook weren't opening the playbook up or you just didn't know who they were because they were kind of, you know, in the shadows doing their business on it. So there was always people doing this. That's why I love you're doing the course because there's no one out there teaching this stuff. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, yes, we learned it from reading lender products and, um, you know, dealing with our BDMs and learning from them and having them teach stuff. But a lot of what's in our course is about deals we've learned on the deals, like things that have gone wrong or things we've found out or things we've learned how to position um, or things that we've learned to watch out for. And also scripting with the clients and the referral partners, because I, I do think that if you like, you know, a lot of our industry comes from a bank and they're used to doing a business. So they just keep doing a business when they come to the broker side. They maybe don't have the same ability to have those conversations with people and have those hard conversations to say, you know, this is what we can accomplish with a, a different product, a B lender, a higher rate. Um, it's often to us about the outcome instead of uh, about like the rate, mm -hmm. right? And if you can master that conversation, like you can do anything. Yeah. Let's and get that, into that. We'll get yeah, into no, that. So in that's a like kind of with with the course. Like it is a business for self course. Like that is what it is. But we go through a lot of document review and how to read the documents. Um, like from the simplest income documents all the way up to T twos and financial statements. Um, and learning these pieces and then the scripting to have the phone calls that you're having with people who are self employed. Again, it helps for all mortgages. Like we have in the course um, how to talk to accountants. And accountants like are not just working for people who are self-employed. They have a lot of people on their books. And even that conversation you're having with them and how to get leads that way. But what Denise is talking about in these tough calls, we all know that's what we're having every single day at the moment. Everyone's renewals are coming in. It's not lender specific. Every single lender that is coming in, you're getting a renewal at a rate that's so much higher than what you're used to um, across the board. So part of our scripting and these conversations we've been having for years with self-employed people um, to know how to position a B lender or alternative lender or why this is the right choice for now and how to position for the future. These are conversations you're already having every day. 
no matter what your like what your niche is what your business is and that is something that we we want people to be better at and right with your like I didn't know where to go piece like we didn't either we we learned all of this ourselves and like as Denise said we fell into the business a bit as we um grow we grew our business but part of the reason that we created the course is that we wanted people to be able to do this like it's not like it's not just because we're like hey you know what we we have so much time let's create a course it was that we really (laughs) want to strengthen our industry because there's no one out there was no one out there that we saw that was doing this at the moment that was educating our industry and making sure that we were all better because at the end of the day like we're, we're not keeping our playbook closed we want it open so that as an industry our reputation just grows and grows and like so we want people to know how to do this some people will be like yourself and be like you know what even though I know how to do this this is still too hard and that's fine but at least the resource is there there's a resource there now yeah and like you know we can we can grow as an industry like we're not competing with the other brokers like we're all on the same team we're all wanting the best for our clients and that's at the end of the day what we want we want the best for self-employed clients and all clients right yeah, no, well put, Nicoli. Uh, I think there's a very good argument to be made here for new agents coming in that if you are coming in as a newer agent and you plan on playing in the A space, I think your learning curve to handling objections, especially with the competition you're up against with the banks and the branches and even experienced brokers, uh, I think it's tough sledding there. I think if you were to go learn the BFS space, you're you're like you've referenced earlier and, and maybe you just validate this for me if, if you don't mind there's an argument to be made that if you're brand new in the industry go learn the bfs stuff and just cut your teeth on that and go do that mm-hmm. and now you've taken away a huge competition piece well right? i also think um when you think about our lenders right like since you uh were in the mortgage space we have way more b lenders the lenders are telling you that there's more business like this out there because otherwise, why would, you know, MCAP and First National and RFA and like, why would they all launch B-sides if the business wasn't there? They're seeing very good clients um, who don't fit in their profile anymore, right? And we're those clients, like we have rental properties with B-lenders, we have a weird reverse mortgage thing on our cottage, like um, it's not just for people who, you know, have bad credit or have consumer proposals. Like this is a really good solution for people who have really good accountants who know how to save them tax money. And when you can have those conversations and tell accountants, oh my gosh, what you're doing is awesome. That's what I do. I'm self-employed too. And I tell my accountant to save me the most tax possible. Like I want to be the person who can solve that problem um, because when we're just looking at A lending, B lending, and we're looking at, you know, higher rate and a fee versus lower rate. Yeah. Like everybody wants A, but when you're looking at a global solution of um, saving the most money, if I can save more money on taxes, that might save me more than what it's going to cost me to pay myself enough to qualify on the A side. Yeah. Yeah. And and we actually did go through all of that um, kind of, even um, Denise walks through a presentation that we've made quite a few times looking at the two scenarios for somebody who's self-employed, but it's similar for someone like even a high net worth client, perhaps they have a lot of investments and they don't like, and that you can then talk to their financial planners. You don't want them to pull all those investments out because like, obviously keep making money there. 
but that's where all their money's gone and they have different liquidity than someone who's just an employee. Like maybe it's retirees. Like there's so much um, application like across different client profiles that are not just people who are self-employed for doing the harder stuff. And like saying it's harder, it is. Like it is more complicated. There's more to know. There's more to stay up to date on. Um, to your point, Ryan, people are like, there's all new programs and products coming in. Like I know First National announced a new program today and like it is staying on top of this thing. But at the end of the day, you will be a better broker if you can do all of these things and you are on top of those things. Like your business will be better and you will feel more comfortable having those phone calls um, with whoever the client is um, and really positioned as an expert who's not just able to be like, yeah, here's your best rate. Like it removes that whole best rate kind of aspect out of the conversation. Um, and that's which is like great what, for new agents, which absolutely. is great for new agents that mm-hmm. with the imposter syndrome and knowing how to overcome that. Uh, I even like even experienced agents. Like I think, like, can you imagine somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, Ryan, can you help me? I'm self-employed. And you're like, no, I don't do that. And they're like, aren't you self-employed? Yeah. But the documents are confusing. <laughs> like, like really like it, we are all self-employed. We all should understand how to read our own documents and when we should be incorporated and what the difference is between your T2 and your T1 and where your retained earnings are. Like we should all know this stuff because if we're going to be self-employed, like it, it affects us, even if you mm-hmm. just do it for your own mortgage. Stop Absolutely. making so much sense. Denise, Nicholas, <laughs> stop, stop. You're making me want to go back into brokering, but for BFS. Do okay. it. Yeah, why not? No, no, no. But you did say a couple things, which I thought was very good point was I always go to like follow the money. And you're saying if these lenders are opening up other divisions Mm -hmm. to bring on these clients, not because the clients suck. It's because, hey, we want their client. We like that business. It just doesn't fit under our current model, but we still want them. So follow the money. So that speaks volumes to me. The lenders are doing that. It's kind of like, ah, I never thought about it from that angle. So I do like that. Um, are, is it safe to say, I have a couple of things I want to get into more specifically with you, and then we will wrap this up, but is B the new A? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And right? I also like the other thing that I think about when people say, oh, it's harder. Oh, it took me more time to read the do- review the documents. Maybe, but my clients are happier. Mm-hmm. They're not shopping me on rate. They're not competing with 12 banks. Like they're coming to me and saying, I want to buy a rental. And my bank told me I can't, or I need money for a renovation. And my bank told me I can't. And I'm like, oh no, you can like, let's do this. And then on top of it, they have an accountant that they've gone to that they've said, uh, you screwed up my taxes and now I don't qualify for something. And we're like, oh no, your accountant's amazing. Look what he did for you. Like give me his number. I got more people for him, right? Um, like you're in a position to help the referral sources more and to help the client more. Um, but I find if you look at how much, like when we look at how many hours we spend on these deals, how many hours we spend with our clients, even if there's more documents to review, we are making more money per hour than on the A business that we're competing hard for. And another point on that is that self-employed people, the people that who have been told no and come to you and you say yes, they are going to tell other people, other self-employed people, other people who have been told no at different points that their person is the best person for this. Um, And self-employed people talk. Um, Like 
right now they network and they they, they network like they they advertise yeah you know they're they're out there they're doing like a lot of connections because they're also the hustlers they're out there making sure their business is running too and when you've done something for them that they were told no or they were told it was private or they were told like oh you have to wait before you get that rental property or you need to make pay more taxes and you're like actually let's let's actually look at this globally and figure out a plan that's your client for life and probably most of their family and friends as well. So even if you're putting more time in, which I don't like, I like once you do a few V deals, it doesn't take you the amount. Of time. It's like anything. Once you do it a few times, you kind of get quicker at it. Um, but like when we have looked at this, we're super process driven. We, we have a process. We like always reflect back and make sure that what we're doing makes business sense. And it does like, Doing B deals, doing self-employed business makes a lot of business sense. I love once you get this thing cooking, it turns into a referral machine. You can't say the same about the A side mm-hmm. because when you're in, and we're not, I'm not shitting on the A side. No, you can't because there's still stuff there. But when you look at your global time spent and then you figure out the hourly rate, Denise, you were right. If you're, if half of it is you did the pre-approval, you spent an hour of your team's time doing doc, and then you still don't know if you got the deal because they're still out shopping the relationship and this at their bank and they're going to other banks. They're going to the online sites that now you're not up against. Uh, when you add all that up into the machine and calculate it all out, there's a very good argument that your hourly rate is higher on the B side. Because once you get through the initial stuff or more document review, maybe a little more consultation, you got them. They're there. They're not leaving. And then they're going to send someone else and they're going to send someone else. So I love that angle. Let me ask you this. There's two main things I want to talk about. Uh, One is the fee. So when I was brokering and I was doing the B side, uh, it was, we'd get paid whatever, 50, 60, 70 basis points, depending on the term. I had it. Hey, I'm always going to top it up to hundred basis points. Even if it's a two-year term and I can do something else, I always charged a broker fee to get it to, so I got a hundred. So if I was getting paid 60, I would charge the client 40. What are your thoughts on that? And if you do charge that fee, like give me a couple, I know it's in the course, but give me a couple sneak peeks as to how you justify the fee to the client. So we currently don't charge fees to our clients. And the reason why is because the majority of people we're transacting with um, every year or every two years um, so if you think about this, there's a there's a comparison in there. We had this client that um, we did a B deal for two years. And so you say you get paid the minimum of 50 basis points, but there are lenders that pay you more than that. Um, and then we gave them a plan. And then in two years, we're doing an A mortgage for 110. If that's a high ratio mortgage, I'm doing 110 for five years and then buying it down a bit if I'm competing or whatever. Um, I'm making way less. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So your beeps, bips per year, if you factor out a five or a 10-year lifespan of that client, it's actually higher. And so did you ever charge? No. But uh, we do put in our uh, disclosure that there's no fee, but you're going to pay us in referrals. Like these clients know they're going to tell everybody how great we are. And when you think about like, especially like say our trades guys, they're going to a job site and talking to everybody else in the same position. Like if we can make that a referral machine, so we're just doing mortgages instead of less marketing. uh, it, It was a payoff for us that made a lot of sense. 
And and like, again, looking back at our business, people who are self-employed, they transact more. Like when you're self-employed, you don't have a retirement fund. So like, how are you building your wealth? A lot of the times it's through real estate. So like they buy more houses than other. Like, they buy like, more houses. They flip yeah. more houses. They yeah. need more money out to invest in their business. They like, they need lines of credit for operating. Like they need more support from us. And, and it just turns into more deals. Mm-hmm. You two are blowing my mind here. You're breaking down some mental, sh- I'm having mental shifts in my head. Although a lot of it is contributed to where we are because we all will admit went through, we had a very good run there where it was very nice. Right. And so this here though, makes yeah, tons of mortgage Christmas. Mortgage <laughs> Christmas was, it was um, lovely for a while. But I also think if you think about our business, that even though we're specialized in self-employed, that we're doing a lot of a business. Like to me, learning the B stuff isn't about just learning the B stuff. It's about understanding then how you can use special products on the A side to make things work. Maybe somebody's a B client for a year or two years, but usually we can get them into a lot of those specialized products that are on the A side. I love that. It goes back to the documents and learning how to really read the documents that people provide. Like we're all self-employed, know how to read your documents um, and once you've got a handle on that, like being able to place in specialty programs, like with the lenders that have like small business owners or self-employed programs. Um, it also, again, with that building relationships is you're talking to the accountant, then you're like, this is what we're doing now. Like when you've talked to your client and you build that team around them, they're not going anywhere. Like you're talking to that accountant and that accountant's wowed that you're figuring out a solution for now in the future. And again, all these transactions just keep coming. Like all these clients keep coming because what you're doing, while it sounds a bit revolutionary, it's, it's, it's not actually, it's, it's really smart business sense for that lifetime that you're with your client. Well, and even when you think about pre-improving a client, even if they're an A client, when you have this stuff down, now you can say, okay, like you can go buy a house for this price in an A this price in a B, this price with a credit union, this price with a private lender, this price with a special program. So you've given them options, mm-hmm. right? Because it may make sense for them financially to go out and buy a house a little bit higher, but has a rental property and at, or has like a rental suite and actually cash flows better for them. That can get them into more houses faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it gives you the skill set to be able to really, really support these clients because even on the A side, there's going to be people that have to slide B. Yeah. So it's not only for B, you know, it doesn't have to be that, which is that was sort of where my head was at for my career was I'm either A or B. You're saying learn to be the skill set. You still don't even have to do the B business if you don't want, but just learn the skill set, get, have that tool in your tool belt and then yeah. bring that back for your A clients and they're just better off. But I guarantee that if you start working with self-employed people, you will love them. They think like you, they help you. Like the things that our clients have returned to us in terms of, hey, I have this cool networking thing. Do you want to come to it? Hey, like this is what we're doing on social media. Like some of the stuff we're doing, we, we were doing way before anybody else because we deal with self-employed people who want to give back to us too. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. You're playing the long game. I can tell that by not charging the fees, having the mentality you have, building the referral machine, 
staying and networking with self-employed people. And we are self-employed people learning how to do your own mortgage, like that type of stuff. It's and I, and I don't want to give a hard time to anybody who's charging a fee either. Like, I would say it also depends on your market. Like, your time is valuable and your expertise is valuable. If you're in a market where the mortgages are not as big, it may make a lot of sense to charge a half a percent fee or something um, to the client. Like, I, I guarantee they won't be upset by that. Um, but we always took the approach that we get paid more with a business. So our goals are aligned with yours. We want to try and get you to that a side. So we get paid more and, and you get a better solution. Yep. Love it. Okay. I have another topic I want to talk about on this, and then we're going to go into an, just a couple quick things about the course. We'll talk about when it's launching, what's in there, what, what people can expect before we do that though. An important thing here on the a side, if you're building a referral-based business, and I'm talking from not clients referring you, but other people, referral partners, uh, it's realtors. That's on the A side. That's kind of your go-to. That's your first go-to for most mortgage brokers. And so for you, if you're on the B side, that may or may not be those people. It probably isn't. So I know you've had success with building out a referral network. Can you maybe touch on what types of industries you're going after and how you've done it without giving it all away? So- I actually do think it's a lot of realtors. Like if you talk to your realtors, they're all self-employed. Maybe it's not for every client, but they're going to have clients that get declined by banks um, that you can help. And if you understand the products well, sometimes you can help them at that bank, right? Um, but they also want to buy rental properties. They want to build net worth as well. So over time, those realtors, like they also need you. Um, financial planners are great. Uh, accountants are great. Bookkeepers. Um, but we found even like once you get into the self-employed network, like they, you know, you'll end up working with one HVAC guy and then you work with a bunch of his friends too, or you're working on one job site with somebody and then it's like other people on the job site. Um, sometimes business coaches, like there's so many people who interact with self-employed people. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So funny enough, in the Academy, we have a webinar and the hook on the webinar, which I think is one of the best hooks to get you in the door with realtors, is showing realtors how to buy more real estate in today's environment. And then it goes over myths and facts in there about, and a lot of our students have been getting into roomfuls, Zoom rooms, they've been getting into real estate associations because they have a different angle, a different hook. But then when you actually get in the meat and potatoes of it, a lot of it is understanding the BFS side of it and giving solutions because they're not getting those answers at their traditional bank. So you back that up that it is, it doesn't have to be accountants and lawyers, right? It can be in financial advisors. It can be realtors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, them. a lot of your high net worth people don't fit into a stress test or like we're in Ontario. So it's fairly new for realtors to incorporate. They don't yeah. know if they should be refinancing their house before they incorporate or what programs they fit in after or where they should be putting their expenses or if they should buy in a holding company. Um, like if you can be that advisor to them over time, like they will support you back. Like we will help them with their hard deals, but tell them, by the way, we need some easy ones too. Yeah. Like, seriously, I'm getting back into brokering. No, I'm not. I'm not. And, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. and you know what the best thing about realtors is, is a lot of them work with bank reps. Like we would often be like, Hey, you know, we don't really like, we'll help you if you want, but can you introduce us to that bank rep, you know, cause like they have more declines than the realtors do. And they often have people 
that they really love and they want to help and they just don't have a solution for them. Like they want to know they're looked after. So the knowledge bombs that you're dropping here and you have been for a while, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to talk about the course. And if you're not convinced to at least go check out the course, like you're crazy because you can obviously tell from talking to these two that they, they know what they're talking about and they're doing it for the right reason. That's my most important thing. You're doing it for the right reason. You're trying to educate uh, our industry so that they can help put food on the table for their families and then they can help the other families and it's a ripple effect. And this huge byproduct is you build an awesome referral business of warm and fuzzy people who just trust you, the trust level you built up and you have less competition. I think that's a very good summary of everything that you do. The course is launching Friday, July 14th. The doors will be open for a week. Um, we will in the chat below, uh, or on the screen here, you'll see the website you're going to go to, to go check out that course. It is a drop in the bucket, like peanuts for what the education that they're spitting out on the back end. I promise you, I'm putting my name on the course. It's not actually on it, but I'm, I'm vouching for it. And I don't do that a lot. I really don't. Um, but I am with this because I know, you know, your moral compasses are both set, right? I know the work you put into this. It's not just a, Hey, let's go try and make some cash. Uh, so is there anything that you want to add to those out there that might be thinking on the fence? Should I go check out the course or not? Is there anything? Let's start with you, Nicolie. Uh, yes, you should check out the course. Um, well, honestly, again, it, it's not something that we did for any other reason than this is really where we, we've niched, where we're comfortable and where we think that our industry is going. And there wasn't something like this for us, so we created something for people. Um, we've run the course once in person previously, and the feedback across the board was that from new agents, from experienced agents, that they all took something away from it. So even if it's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I need a niche, I will go niche in business for self. Always being hungry for knowledge and upping your game at all points in time is so important with what we do. You should be, like, as a human being, constantly learning. And this is a good, easy way to, to make that step in learning. It's not just for business yourself. There's a lot of um, document reviews. There's a lot of scripting. There's a lot of case studies. And, you know, we're opening what we've done for clients and putting it out there so that people can say, hey, I had a client like that and I thought I couldn't do it. Um, it's, it's, it's just really relevant, um, both for if you want um, to niche, to up-level your skills, but also just to survive in this market. Like it's, it's tough out there. And, you know, getting um, ahead and learning things is always really good. And I think we put a lot of time and effort into this. So, um, and the so buy the course is what you said. No, no, feedback's been great. <laughs> buy the course. Well, of course. Um, I would just say like for people who don't know us, we're extremely detailed in everything we do. So it's not just like, a, Hey, here's, here's how products work. Like we actually walk through live deals that we've done that you would look at it and be like, there's no way this isn't private. Um, and in a detailed way, here's the documents we collected. Here's a story about the client. Here's what they wanted to do. Here's the submission notes we gave to the lender. Here's how we filled out the income declaration form for this type of client. Um, it, it really like, here's the types of questions that we ask certain types of businesses. Um, it is a very comprehensive uh, 
situation that we've given you. I'll gift packaged in a very small price. And I would be insanely shocked if it didn't help somebody get at least a deal or two, it will pay for itself. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've, I've seen the course. I 1000% agree. If we had to say how many hours of training do you think is in the course ballpark? Uh, I think I would say it's about six and a half hours of video. Okay. Plus we're going to do some live calls, just a Q and a calls to go through any questions people had or um, any types of scenarios. Um, I don't know if you can say like Jim Lucas told me we should be charging $5,000. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes. And no, like you, the support, but here, what I'm going to say to people is for the price of the course and go check it out. You can see it in the link. When you go see the price of the course, it is backed up with, we got five, six, seven hours of training. You don't have to do it all at once. It is also backed up with two live calls, which is access to these ladies twice within that. Like the hourly rate on that, like they're expensive. If you were going to go do that on your own and just hire them, it's expensive. And so the fact that you get to come into a Zoom room and ask something about the course or something about a file or something about twice with that purchase, I've done courses where I paid three times that. And I've never talked to the person. I don't even know where they are. And I did, it didn't, it wasn't this in depth. So it is great value. You've upped your game from the first one you did. You had amazing feedback there. I'm excited to see where this goes in the industry. This is going to be a thing in the industry. You will be known as the BFS Queens or whatever we want to call you. You're a queen of automation. So I don't know. If gotta, <laughs> uh, well, Nicole can be the BFS queen. I'll keep the automation title. Oh, crowns, right? <laughs> um, I, I would say that even though it's six and a half hours of content, and I mean, it's video content, so you can watch it and rewatch it and you have access to it for a few months. So it gives you the chance to, you know, marinate on it or, or whatever. It's also like 14 thousand hours of knowledge that we have packed into this, you know, things that have blown up deals, things that we have learned, tricks of the trade, like stuff you didn't know about. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of content, but we really, you know, tried to share everything that we could that would save somebody from making any mistake we had previously made. I love it. I'm, I'm so happy that you, you came here. I'm so happy that included me in this journey that you're on. And it's something we needed in our industry without a freaking doubt, without a doubt. People have been like going like, how do I understand this info? Broker owners aren't given the info. Uh, BDMs aren't given the info. Like no one has actually pieced it all together. And I love that you're in the trenches and you've been doing it and you can speak by experience and examples. So thank you so much for coming on for everyone out there. If you're interested, the link will be below. It's going to be open on Friday, July 14th. The doors will be open for one week to make your decision. You will have three months to do that. We give you the ability to uh, have longer than that, if you like. All the information will be in there. comes with two live calls. Anything else you want to say before we go? Buy the course. (laughs) I I just honestly, it will make you a better broker. I I would be shocked if it didn't. I would be shocked if anybody took this course. I mean, we put... 160 people through the content so far and it wasn't as comprehensive as what what it is now because the video gave us the opportunity like the pre-recording to add more Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody said I want my money back that wasn't good like everybody had um, values that they got that helped them find more deals or save more deals or help more clients Mm -hmm. and we we keep getting more feedback more feedback like originally after the course was done, like everyone was like, wow, that was fantastic. 
And then the continued feedback is that piece, like your course helped me save a deal that I probably thought I wouldn't be able to do. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Because I've, mm-hmm. I've witnessed that now on the training side. It's a very nice feeling. I'll tell you, I've spent more money getting my car detailed than I have on what the course is. So that should put things in perspective. It's kind of crazy, right? Uh, Kate, that's it, ladies. I appreciate your time. Thank you um, for coming on. And we're going to put this out there in the industry. And for everyone else listening, thank you for the first video version of The Mortgage Game. There's more to come, more interviews to come. Please stay tuned. That's it. Peace out. Thanks, Thanks, Ryan. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.